0: My biggest goal is to someday get permission to use Led Zeppelin's Traveling Riverside Blues as my intro. Until then, it'll just have to play in our heads. Welcome to this episode of Mike Doubt. I'm your host, Mike Hernandez. Today, I will be talking about communication uh, as it pertains to business and uh, organizations, small businesses. We have two forms, or I guess two, we have internal. And we also have external. So I wanted to talk about uh, or start with internal communication. It's typically uh, occurs within an organization, within a group, maybe a department. And it can be classified uh, as horizontal or vertical and Horizontal communication is communication that takes place between employees on the same level. So you're going to have co-workers, peers, people that you work with, uh, usually on a regular basis. So uh, if you are a food service employee and you work in a kitchen, then horizontal communication is going to be what happens between you and uh, the other people that work in the kitchen, as an example, or in a case where I used to work for the convenience store industry as a district manager, horizontal communication would occur when I was talking with my peers. If we had a meeting afterwards, we were discussing things that would be uh, considered horizontal communication because we are on the same level. Um, sometimes it can also be referred to as lateral Vertical communication is typically uh, between an employee and the supervisor. So, if I'm having a conversation with my boss, it's it's considered vertical communication. Or if I'm having conversation with subordinates, employees who work for me, then again, it's vertical uh, communication. So. Basically, downward communication travels from the supervisor, right, the person in charge, to the subordinate, whoever is below them. And then you have upward communication is when a lot of times feedback occurs, but when the employee is talking to the boss. So, again, in that example that I used earlier, you have my boss talking to me, And then maybe myself talking to my employees Uh, and then my employees turning around and talking to me and me turning around and, you know, talking back to my immediate supervisor, my boss or my boss's boss. So a lot of how people learn as adults is uh, through, is informally, you know, we go to work, we talk to others and we find out things. It's not always official. Uh, There's not a test that you're going to have to pass. But we do have communication. We do have conversations. Think of the water cooler where you stop and uh, you bump into people and you kind of catch up on the latest. Some would call that, uh, you know, kind of gossiping, but some people might call that, you know, hearing things through the grapevine, which again is informal. And it's the most commonly used method of communication, especially, you know, in the work, in the workforce. So if you are a business owner and you oversee, you have several subordinates, people that uh, work for you, you can expect a lot of the communication to be informal through the grapevine. They're going to hear things. It's, um, It's also a great idea for you to be aware of your, you know, the behavior uh, that you might exhibit outside of work. I might even go as far as to say uh, that you may not want to live where you operate, or or if you do be, you know, just be aware, because you might be out with some friends or family members having a, you know, a, a steak dinner somewhere and having a few drinks at the bar or whatever the case might be, and one of your employees sees you. And just like, you know, playing telephone or whispering in somebody's ear, what they actually see gets turned into something else by the time uh, they go tell somebody and then somebody goes and tells somebody else. Uh, and that stuff usually spreads pretty quick, goes pretty quick. I, I always used to try to make it a point not to live. In a, in a town that I operated in. Not that I was doing anything wrong, I just, you know, you don't want to, you kind of want to separate that type of stuff. And it's almost like fraternization. You don't fraternize. Now, it's okay if you bump into somebody somewhere while you're out taking care of business, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. But again, if you have a private life and you, um, you know, are in a, you're the owner, or you're in a position of authority, you never know how people are going to actually interpret things, and uh, not only that, how they're going to go and, and you know, tell others how, how the story's going to change. So, a lot of times, the information is inaccurate, or it needs clarification, which is kind of what, uh, you know, I, I just talked about, somebody might change something, and it goes from you, you know, I saw him having a drink at the bar till he was there all night, you know, no wonder he comes in late. Or whatever the case is. So informal is uh, happens a lot. And then we have external communication and that occurs between, you know, people within your business, your organization, and people outside. If you're, you know, in a business-to-business or a business-to-consumer or a customer, it's going to be any kind of communication that happens between people in your organization and people outside. And A lot of times, if uh, you are a small business owner, you might have a public relations person or a manager to handle those types of things. And in this situation, we're talking about press releases, you know, interviews, publicities, and promotion. So that's just something, obviously if you're a small business owner, that may not be at the top of your priority, but you need to act in a certain manner If you don't have somebody like that, that's just another, you know, cap that you're going to have to wear. So just be aware of, you know, external communication. So I've gone through seminars in the past about communication and and it's been a while. But, uh, you know, usually you have a sender and you have a receiver. So the sender is the one that's trying to send the message. As an example, right now I'm the sender and I'm trying to send you a message. I'm trying to share things with you about the communication process. And you are the receiver. So when I send a message, you know, it's encoded. There's things that I want to get across to you. You need to decode the message and um, try to understand, interpret what I'm saying. And then you can provide feedback to ensure that, you walked away with a message. You can ask questions, get the clarification. But in both cases, whether you're the sender or the receiver, there are a lot of barriers. Uh, the biggest one that comes to my mind right off the bat is, you know, cell phone, smartphone. Everybody seems to have one and everybody seems to be distracted by it. Maybe even, um, I don't want to say a slave to it, but you know, everybody is so uh, focused on on their smartphones. They, they're constantly checking them. They get that dopamine rush. And so people get um, antsy, I think. You know, they don't get nervous. They get antsy. Uh, and they're always, you know, checking their phone when you're having a conversation with them. So that's just one of the other barriers or one of the many barriers you have, you know, maybe – Language, where you're speaking maybe in technical terms and the other person doesn't understand that. Or you're speaking with a customer or a client from another country and uh, they don't understand what you're trying to say. So those are some of the barriers. Part of understanding and making sure that the communication uh, is effective is looking at cues. You know, you have nonverbal cues. Uh, sometimes people roll their eyes or sometimes people start to look at their phones, right? Because they're kind of not maybe interested or uh, they're distracted. Maybe uh, somebody starts yawning. So you want to look at cues. Maybe they shrug their shoulders or you know cross their arms those those are th- that's part of you know communication as well because you can tell a lot about what somebody is thinking or feeling whenever you watch those for those cues spoken the same way you know you can you can say something to someone but a lot of times it's the manner in which you say it it's the tone um so you have to be very careful because somebody else will interpret it. I once had a situation where somebody asked me a question and I gave a simple answer, but the tone in my voice kind of conveyed a different message, one that was unintended. I didn't mean to send it, but I think the other person thought I was uh, being rude, and and I wasn't, or at least I, I didn't intend to but the pitch in my voice conveyed, uh, you know, a different message than than what I had spoken. Then you also have written, and written's hard to judge. I know a lot of times somebody might respond. I have somebody that um, I know that has this way of just um, answering um, maybe word choices, but for some reason I always feel like um, there may be some sarcasm behind it. Uh, there may be, um, you know, some other emotion or, or 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 sentiment or whatever the case is. So it's very difficult for me to uh, respond to this individual. It's hard for me to really know what this person is thinking, what they actually mean. I go off history, when I don't see them, I I go off just how I know that this person is. And um, sometimes uh, I feel dread when I, oh my God, here comes, you know, but again, it's just the word choices and how this person has interacted in the past. So um, I think written is one of those areas that uh, people struggle with when it comes to really being able to capture the essence of the message without, you know, jumping to a conclusion or misinterpreting because it's hard to get tone. I mean, you can, written, but uh, it's a little more difficult to decipher the message. So communication basically, to you know, in a nutshell, is I'm the sender. I encode a message and I select the way I'm going to deliver it. Is it going to be verbal? Is it going to be written? how am i going to send you an email you know digital electronic and you receive the message and you decode it and basically you interpret it you you trans you know you uh, you try to decipher it and and convert it into something that you can understand and when you do that then you might ask for clarification you might repeat so in that You're giving some feedback to the sender to either one, make them, I guess, acknowledge that you understood what they're saying or with your body language, maybe you are uh, letting them know that you're not really paying attention or you're not really interested, but you can ask questions or kind of summarize, uh, paraphrase what what they were saying so that they know that you... uh, did indeed understand them or, or that you were listening. So between the send and the receiver, you try to remove and minimize um, things that might be getting in the way, some of those barriers that we talked about earlier, if it, you want it to be effective. Otherwise, you're going to come back later because you didn't walk away with a clear understanding of what was said or what was um, supposed to get done, any assigning action items, uh, you know, that that's going to get lost and it's going to put maybe the project or whatever you guys were discussing, it, it, it puts it behind. Um, and a lot of times that's why they say there's no such thing as a dumb question, because if you're not paying attention, somebody else might not be. So if somebody asks a question, I, I guarantee you somebody else probably had the same question, wasn't sure, but they didn't want to speak up. So, when you encode, you you send information, right, that's organized to somebody. And you have to be careful in selecting the words that you're going to use to convey your message. But you also need to be sure that uh, your nonverbal signals match your, you know, what you're trying to convey verbally. The goal is to make sure that the message is received as close as possible to the way you meant it to, you know, the way you sent it. Because if you leave it unclear or open to interpretation, you're not going to get the result that you expected maybe anticipated so you need to select the channel that has the least amount or the least number of barriers and again that may be verbally in a face-to-face or it may be through uh, a text message and email depending on what uh, what uh, you know you're uh, trying to accomplish there so got distracted. Perfect example with a pop-up on my um, computer, my laptop screen. So when you select your channel, you want, again, to have the the least number of barriers. So think about facial expression, your eye, you know, making eye contact, your body language, hand gestures. I typically use my hands a lot, and I think a lot of times it, it helps you. It, it makes you, I guess, it makes it a little easier to talk. And also, you might keep somebody's attention if you're moving their hands, because they're not just stuck there looking at your face. So, uh, spoken communication, um, two-way between you and somebody else, you and I. And we have... Uh, Informal conversations, as I mentioned earlier, that's the most common. You might you might think about, uh, you know, phone calls. The same thing. It's a it's a two way communication. If you're interviewing somebody for a job, or if you're being interviewed for a job, it's the same thing. So, that's when two way communication occurs. One way communication. An example of that it would be. Um. Back in the day, they used to, you go to the grocery store and somebody would get on the intercom to let you know that there was a special. So an announcement like that, maybe an announcement at a school or at a workplace, speeches somebody might give. Uh, This is a perfect example also. A podcast is a one-way, well, in this format where it's just myself and not not a guest. Uh, That would be an example of uh, communication. Written communication is usually one way. I mean, it's letters, memos, and it's one way because you don't have it going on at the same time. Unless actually text messages would, you know, that would be a a two-way. So emails, memos, things of that nature. The receiver decodes it when, you know, they break it down and they interpret it. And I work with a lot of students from around the globe, and they are trying to improve their ability to speak English or English-speaking skills. And so comprehension is a big part. And one of the challenges that, that you know, they come across is they are hearing it in English, and then they're going to have to convert it into whatever their language is, their native language is, and formulate a response and then try to figure out, okay, how do I communicate? How do I translate that back into English so that I can communicate it? Um, And again, when they are interpreting during this process, uh, they need to, you know, consider verbal and nonverbal messages so that they can, uh, eliminate or or prevent any kind of distortion that's going to uh, impact their understanding and their ability to be understood. And you've got to be aware of whether the two messages match. You know, you look at your body language and you look at what you're actually saying. So those are things that the receiver has to do. And then you've got to have feedback. You know, you've got to ensure that you acknowledge, hey, I understand what you're saying by either repeating it, summarizing it. You don't want to repeat it word for word, but you do want to, you know, give a, a brief, I don't want to call it a synopsis, but but you do want to briefly summarize so that the per- repeat back, so the person understands that you did get the message. Um, and your feedback can be verbal. You can throw your hands up in the air like, what are you talking about? Um, Which would be a nonverbal. So you can either voice it verbally, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, or you can throw your hands up in the air like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? So, and then you've got to clarify, the sender, whoever's, you know, initiating it, um, if, if they feel like the message isn't being received or understood, then they, you know, they're going to have to make some adjustments, modify the message, look for other ways to communicate. Maybe a different word, maybe some synonyms, maybe breaking the message down in a simpler form, using simpler words. That would be a way to do that. But the receiver must also give appropriate feedback. Again, acknowledging, nodding your head, yes, yes, you know, up and down, okay, I understand, and. Uh, That whole communication process needs to continue until it's clear that the receiver understood the message and um, if any feedback was provided to the sender of the message that they understood that as well so that they could uh, make the adjustments necessary if, if it was appropriate or they could just acknowledge, okay, I see that you understand, great. So what are barriers to communication? You know, I mentioned earlier distractions, the phone, you know, people looking away during a conversation in a meeting, the phone rings. So that's an interruption, a distraction, noise. It's a noise whenever, you know, you forget to turn off your phone. And it seems like it never fails. Somebody calls you at that time. Um when you're preoccupied with something else, you you know, your mind is somewhere else. Text message, Facebook, maybe LinkedIn. Um, so, there also needs to be, you know, consideration for differences uh, between the speaker and the listener. If... Um, You're an adult and you are speaking to a four-year-old. Obviously, the vocabulary is not going to be the same. There's no context for them to understand what, you know, a conversation that you might have with somebody who is older, somebody your age. So think about that. Education is another big one. Some people are, are, you know, have multiple degrees, are well-read, love to, think of new ways and, and, and read new books and keep up with everything where you have somebody else who may not have that kind of education. And so consequently, their vocabulary may not be as large. Uh, they may not have, uh, any even surface knowledge of things that might come up in a conversation. So culture is a different, you know, culture is also part of it. And, uh, you know, that's something that needs to be considered because cultures are different. And uh, some people interpret things one way and, uh, and some cultures interpret things a different way. So lastly, experiences. And that's a big one. And I think you find that the older you get, the more you're able to understand maybe why your parents acted the way they did, maybe why your parents made decisions, um, the way they did when you were younger. To this day, every time I, I mean, something happens, I think, wow, I, I think back to when my dad did something or an experience that, uh, and how he handled things. And I didn't quite understand him at that age, but you know, why, why should I have, I, I didn't have the life experience or, um, the context really. I wasn't in a situation where, that affected me. If they're talking about uh, retiring, you know, I'm a young kid. I don't know about that, about uh, maybe disease and elders, uh, you know, having trouble getting around. I mean, how can you possibly totally understand that? So think about those things when you are talking to people. So are there any unclear messages? What about lacking sympathy or empathy for the listener? We talked about distracting um, behaviors, Uh, but there's like, you know, there's also nonverbal cues, right? Uh, If you're always looking down at your fingers or your eyes are just wandering everywhere, that tells somebody that you may not be listening. Uh, The other thing too is what's the motive? You know, listen for that and, and try to determine that. Uh, so we have poor listening skills as far as listener traits, man, when somebody doesn't pay attention because they're off thinking about something else, or they're more concerned with their phone, those aren't really good listening skills, and a lot of people aren't open to new and different ideas, and you're going to come across that a lot in the business world, you might have a great idea, but uh, that's not how we do things around here, or this is You know, we've always done things this way. And so a lot of times people aren't open to that. And that, you know, that's part of the communication problem. Negative feelings about the speaker. Maybe they left a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe they uh, are fast talkers, uh, which for me is just another way of saying they're, you know, BSers. They like to bullshit and um, people just won't really pay attention or you develop these uh, feelings because, you know, they lie or they'll say anything just to uh, get their point across or to try to gain favor. Um, and then again, if you have a low level of interest, hey, you know what? It's okay if you don't like business. It's okay if you um, don't like to listen to my voice. Maybe it's monotonous. Maybe it's boring. Maybe the way I present it, um, you know, so low interest level that uh, contributes also to to that. Uh, and on that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop. Um, I, I appreciate you listening. And uh, again, if this is something that you find beneficial, find helpful, um, maybe you can um, pass it along to somebody else that uh, might benefit as well. I um, appreciate you guys. And uh, if you have any suggestions or uh, anything, by all means, uh Feel free to let me know. Um, you can reach me at out at wildapricot.org. Um, and until next time, I will see you later. Thank you.